0: If I fall, somebody come and pick me up. Welcome to the jungle. It's pretty cool. I started to wear camo, but I thought I would get lost in the camera, and I didn't do that. I think I still have some camo hunting clothes. I was looking through some pictures. Uh, our son Tom's getting married in October. Lynn went to a bridal shower yesterday, and I was looking at pictures yesterday, and I ran across some old pictures of me back when I used to be an avid deer hunter over in Georgia. And uh, I had the camo on, the whole spiel, the beard. It was cool. Um, Can't do the beard anymore because I look like Santa Claus because it's white as probably Bill's is. So I I don't do the beard anymore. I don't want to look too old. Um, But hey, we're thrilled you're here. Um, Did you notice we have a new song leader? I didn't notice it. I didn't remember it last week until I was driving home. I was halfway home and I'm like, he shaved. (laughs) So it's great to have a new song leader. Uh, We're excited for that. That's pretty cool. Glad to be here. I've been out of the pulpit for a couple of weeks, off and on. Um, My travel schedule is kind of crazy. With Lynn's passing, or her dad's passing and stuff, that kind of took me out as well. But it's great to be home, great to be with you, and I'm excited to get to share a message with you today. Um, Thank you, Javon, for preaching last Sunday. It was a great sermon. really was. Aaron couple of times there appreciate what you've done and your preaching as well it's nice to know that there are people in the church who can step in and fill in at any time and that's that's very cool it really is to know that there are ample ample of resources uh, among this body and that's very very exciting my hats off to the crew that put all this together and all of the things around the, the facilities for vacation bible school it's going to be great we have how many kids coming 72 children will be in this building we'll have 112 adults not really Yes. <laughs> yeah it would be nice yes we need three adults for every child um not quite but it, we will have a handful of folks that are here helping every every week so we're exi- every day this week so we're excited that that's going on there's been a lot of work that goes into this and i thank you very much for what you're doing it's really really cool the kids will have a blast if you're free and if you're available or if you're not free and you can make yourself available this week please come by in the mornings and uh, be a part of EBS. it'd be great just to watch and see and and see what's going on in that world it's really really neat So this morning we're going to look in James chapter 2. There's a couple of things I want to share with you. At the end of the sermon we're basically going to talk very simply about this question. Are you dead or alive? It's that simple. It really isn't that complicated. Living the life of Jesus is not that hard but it does require us to be engaged. And that's what this conversation is really about with us this morning. Is I really want us to look at two things. One, faith. The other, mercy. Uh, The verse of scripture that Brother Costa just read for us a moment ago is powerful because it shares with us the importance of mercy. Um, Basically, it says mercy triumphs over judgment. Personally, I'm excited about that. I don't know about you, but I'm a little bit excited about the fact that mercy triumphs over judgment and God is a merciful God because the reality is if I get what I deserve, I'm going to bust hell wide open. I'm telling you, man. I mean, that's just the reality of it. How many of us have lived perfect lives? No hands. So what's up with that? Guess where you all deserve to go? To hell. Isn't that an exciting thing to talk about on Sunday morning? (laughs) Yeah, but the beauty of it is God is a merciful God. And mercy is when we get something uh, that we never deserve. That's the best part about what mercy is. Mercy is not getting what you might deserve. It's a blessing that's an act of divine favor. And trust me, it is an act of divine favor. I remember speaking just a few days ago with someone in our church who'll na- who will remain nameless from the pulpit, but his initials were Ray. And- <laughs> And we were, we were talking just a couple of weeks ago and, and he made a comment to me about if I only knew what kind of life he'd lived, he would, I would be excited that he's going to get to go to heaven or something like that. And, and that's, we could all have the same conversation. We could all have the same confessional. We could because all of us are just as bad as the rest of us. The only difference is we just haven't been found out by one another. God already knows. He already knows. And yet he is merciful to those of us who accept Christ and who have made Jesus the Lord of our lives. You know, there's an interesting story. There's there's a story that Jesus tells about a man who owned a vineyard and, and, and a farm and he had hired workers to come in and they came early in the day and then the farmer went into town, he saw some people at lunchtime and he hired those who needed a job to work half the day and then right at the very end of the day before the day was was finishing up, he went back into town for another reason and he hired some workers to come and work at the very end of the day and then at the end of the day when he's paying all of the workers, he pays them the same amount. And those who had started earlier in the morning, had they became a little upset with the owner of the fields because they expected to receive more because they had worked the whole day than those who came in at the last few minutes of the day. But the owner said, look, it's my farm. I can pay who I want to pay, can't I? Praise God God is right, because the reality is that's where we're at. I don't care if you're in the room today and you're 12 years old or you're 78 years old or you're 92 years old. The fact of the matter is, regardless of your age, The decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life is what determines your ability to enter into the gates of heaven. It's not what you've done over the lifetime. It's not what you've done that's good or even what you've done that's bad. Because trust me, you can't be good enough to get into heaven. It just doesn't work like that. Now, we're going to look at a verse of Scripture here in just a minute where James talks about the fact that we should show our faith by our deeds. And I get all of that, but trust me, you're never going to show enough good deeds to show that your faith is good enough to get you into heaven because you're just not that good. So it's mercy that saves us. Because the hardcore fact is all of us, none of us, deserve heaven based on our own ability to live and to do the good things and the right things you know, the hardest part about some of Jesus' teaching was this, the Sermon on the Mount. Because he raised the bar. He really did. He raised the bar in so many of those illustrations that he used. He's speaking to predominantly a Jewish audience during the Sermon on the Mount. He's sharing with them some of the basic facts, the basic beatitude, the basic laws, if you will, of how to live a good Jewish life, like thou shalt not kill. Well, has anyone in here committed murder lately? But if you look on your brother and have bad feelings toward him, you've kind of committed murder in the eyes of Jesus. That's a little frightening. I've driven in L.A., have you? I've driven here. I've had bad thoughts about people that cut me off. And mercy is right. That's what I need. I've had those thoughts. You know, the, the sad part is I've even had bad thoughts of people in church sometimes. Have you? I've seen a church split or two. Have you? I got a, I got a, a friend request in Facebook. There's a fellow, um, his name is Mike Jones. I don't mind Mike, if you watch this sermon, you're on TV today. Um, but Mike was a college friend of ours. Lynn and I, we went to Trinidad with Mike when we were at Alabama Christian, which is now Falken University, 40-something years ago we went down. Got a note from Mike as a Facebook request this week, and, and he asked me, he said, was your dad Raymond? And I'm like, yes, he was. And he made, we made that little connection. And, and the coolest thing about making connections with people is they know your history. All the good and the bad. All the good and the bad. I didn't ask him what he remembered about Trinidad. I didn't ask him about what he remembered me about college. I just said, yeah, that's my dad. Good to see you. All of us have experiences that we would just as soon not share. But thanks be to God, He is a merciful God. And mercy triumphs over judgment. Because if it were truly based on just the judgment, it wouldn't go well for any of us. It just wouldn't. So when you and I look at the words in James chapter 2, speak and act as those are going to be judged by the law and that gives freedom because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who's not been merciful mercy triumphs over judgment what James is telling us look we should live like we live under the law we should exceed the elements of the law but understand this mercy is what wins because we just can't live that good we just can't live that good he goes on in this in this chapter in chapter 2 he says as the body without the spirit is dead so faith without deeds is dead you see, this is where the rub comes for those of us who are Christians and who are believers. This is where the hard part comes because there's a part of us that thinks that we have to um, live this, this faithful life and we have to do things that's going to continue to allow us to earn our way to get into heaven. And that's a dangerous road to walk on. Because the reality is we cannot earn enough, we can't do enough good things to maintain that relationship with God in the right way that will allow us to earn that position where he says, welcome home, good and faithful servant. We're just not that good. I wish we were. And there are days that we are. I mean, truthfully, haven't you had a good day or two in your life? I mean, really, you've had a few of those. You might have even had a good month or two, maybe even a good year or two. But there are times when it doesn't go exactly the way that it should, and we find ourselves not doing the things that God would want us to do, even though we know what we're supposed to do. Faith without deeds is dead. The reality is... It is impossible for us to have faith and not be the kind of person that God wants us to be if we're truly going to be in the church, if we're truly going to be in the family of God. He goes on, he says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith that has no deeds? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Show me your faith without deeds, and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that, and they shudder. So I want you to understand it isn't just enough for us to believe that God is God. It is is not just enough for us to believe that Jesus even is the Son of God who died on a cross for our sins. It's not enough for us to believe that truly we receive the Holy Spirit when we're baptized and the Holy Spirit becomes our comforter and our guide through all things. It isn't enough just to believe that. There is still an element of engagement in our lives because believing in and of itself doesn't get us into the promised land. If it did, then this whole conflict between Satan and God and Satan's angels and cohorts and the angels of God, all of that conflict is moot. So there is a reality that you and I who are faithful believers in God have to be the kind of people who will be engaged in actions and activities and in statements and expressions, in works, if you will, in deeds, that truly show that we are living children of God. That's a responsibility. And that goes back directly to the teachings of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. When he tells us, don't look upon another and and think bad things because looking upon that other person is the actual act of adultery. It's not the physical act, but the thought is as much an act of adultery as the other. When you have those bad thoughts about a person, that's just as bad as killing them. When you do other things that Jesus talked about in that sermon, He raised that bar so much that you and I have to be aware of how we live is important to our lives' testimony. It is our witness to others. It is our testimony of the faith that we have that causes other people to see Christ living in us. Does that save us? Mm? No, not necessarily. Is it expected? Absolutely. Absolutely. When you and I consider the great gift of Christ, and when you and I consider the sacrifice that He made, when we consider the mercy of God, Help me understand how we cannot be engaged in good works. How can you not be sensitive to those who are around you? How is it possible to accept the gift of Christ? How is it possible to accept that and then ignore others? See, I don't think you can. And that's where the real rub comes for us. I don't think we can. James writes, faith without works is dead. You have to be engaged in something. You can't go through your walk as a believer and not do good deeds in the name of Jesus for other people. Because if you think you can, you're playing a game with yourself. You're playing a game. So here's your test. I wish I could read that, but I can't see through the trees. (laughs) Thank you for the monitor. So I want you to take a pencil or your phone, because I can't read what I write, and I want you to take a moment, and I literally want you to jot down the last three or four or five times that you have shown mercy to another person. I just want you to take a moment and jot down three or four or five times where you have shown mercy to another person. And then while you're doing that, I want you to list four, three or four or five times where your faith was confirmed by your deeds or your works, where someone saw your faith by what you did, either for them or what they saw you do for someone else or with someone else. But I'd like you to jot down three or four or five things that show your mercy and show your good works. And I have a reason for you doing that. Because basically, the answers that you write down are going to determine if you're dead or alive in Christ. And my hope is that you are alive in Christ. I know that we're saved by grace through faith. It's not anything that we do in and of ourselves. It's a gift from God. I know that. But I also know this. God has given us a way to live. And he has an expectation for us as to how we should live. And two of those expectations involve being merciful and doing good works to those in the name of Jesus. So are you dead or alive? Now, I'm going to ask you to do one more thing because I want you to reflect upon this. Once you've answered questions about yourself, I wonder what you could write down about how this church is merciful and how is this church engaging in good works. Because it matters. It does matter. The church is here for a reason. Fifty-plus years this church has met in this community. And it's here for a reason. It isn't here just to give you a place to come for worship on Sunday. It is here to reach others in this community with the name of Jesus, with the good news of Jesus, with the blessings that come in knowing Jesus. And in order for us to do that, I think that we have to be perceived and we actually have to be a church that is not only merciful, but that is engaging in good works within the community. So what are they? And if you're struggling with answering that question as to what the church is doing by being merciful and what works the church is engaged in, if you're struggling with that, I have two observations for you. Number one, maybe you should be more engaged in what the church is doing. Because you might not be aware of what we're doing. Because I'm just going to be flat out straight with you this morning. There are a whole lot of people that show up here on Sunday morning at 9.30 or 10.30 for the Bible class and or worship. And that's it. And they're not engaged in any of the other activities that the church may be doing. I'm not throwing you under the bus. I'm just opening your eyes to the opportunity that there's a lot of stuff going on that you might get engaged with. And you might be involved with that could change your list. And your personal activities. And I also want you to realize that this church is a merciful church. We have all different kinds of people at this church. Did you know that? I mean, look at me. That should give you a good chuckle, just that. We have all different kinds of people. We have all different kinds of people. And not just skin color, but socioeconomic. We have a whole plethora of different kinds of people in this church which is amazing because I could take you some churches that are not diverse in any way how merciful is this church what kind of works is this church engaged in and then I want you to especially I want you to think about what you're doing how are you being merciful what deeds and what works are you doing to show your faith simple And then I'll let you rate yourself on a scale of one to five, one being I'm dead, five being I'm alive. How alive are you? The ambulance is on his way to pick you up. (laughs) God has a funny sense of humor, doesn't he? Perfect timing. I want you to think about who you are in Christ. I want you to think about how merciful you have been, what kind of actions you're engaged in on a daily basis. And I'm I'm encouraging you and even challenging you to raise the number. Because if you're struggling writing down three or four or five things, we might need to have a conversation. And you might need to look on the inside just a little bit to see what kind of life you're living. God didn't call us out of the world to be Christians to hide from the world. He called us out of the world to be Christians to take the message of Jesus back into the world. Jesus talked specifically about that. So I want to encourage you, when you leave this place today, to keep two thoughts in mind. Are you dead or alive? And are you extending mercy and are you doing the good work of God? Simple as that. Brandon, uh, he's going to come and lead us in a song. We will glorify. And I want you to realize that all that we do when we're extending mercy and when we're doing those good works is intended to be glorifying God. That's what it's all about. Whatever you do in word or in deed, do it to the glory of the Father. So whether it's mercy extended to others, whether it's works done for others, whether it's works of the church that are being done, whether it's the mercy of the church extended into the community, whatever that may be, it is all done to the glory of God. May your life this week truly be a reflection of His glory. And may those who are around you see Him living in you by your mercy and by your work. Let's stand and encourage one another with this song. He is Lord of God.